Welcome back to the Girls Talk Ag podcast, plowing through the manure online. So this week's a big one. Uh, it is the first recording from my new office. I'm using air quotes. I'm actually in the living room of our new, old to me, but new to us house. So you'll hear Colton in the background, but it's our new recording or my first recording in Michigan and our first recording with our new, uh, super awesome podcast network, the Global Egg Network, uh, which we'll definitely share more about in the coming weeks but we're super pumped about that. I have my partners in crime back with me after only being here in spirit uh, during the last episode with Sue Cup. I missed you guys. You guys have no idea. <laughs> Do you know what it's like to n- get through a podcast and not have one that's what she said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be hard. It- <laughs> that is what she said. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was hard. Um it was very difficult for me, but I soldiered on and I was sad. And I was on my best behavior. There were zero F-bombs, which I'm pretty sure the people of Sukup were happy with. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, zero, that's what she said. So uh, this week, though, now that Karen and Jen are back, Karen's, Karen's been doing her classic uh, research because she's good at research, which is why she's a weed scientist. Um, we're going to talk about what nuisance lawsuits is that how what should we should say yeah um, that's how i term them yeah and that's so we had we had an, an issue in north carolina here recently um right where there was a pretty major award and i'm not talking about a leg lamp awarded to a group of residents uh against it was levied against smithfield um and was that paid out no, it was just awarded at the beginning of August. So, and what the jury okay, awarded isn't what they'll actually even have a chance at getting because North Carolina has some caps for lawsuits. So, the jury awarded four hundred and seventy-three point five million, but they won't actually get anywhere near that. And all of these cases are like they've been awarded, but I don't think any of them have paid out. Is that correct? I believe they're all still appealing and within litigation for okay. this specific. Right topic in north carolina here so right yeah right the lawyers have received some payment i would imagine um but other stuff you know is probably up in the air but so this was the first one that caught our attention and then it was like one of two really major just like majorly large majorly big majorly huge decisions against agriculture right because it was only about a week later that we saw the monsanto now bear uh, decision in California, correct. correct? Is that those one right after another? And that was two hundred and eighty-nine million. So obviously, we've just decided that money is like monopoly money nowadays. But I guess they're levied against big companies that people think um, have an endless supply of cash anyway. Um, and I don't know if you would necessarily classify that as a nuisance lawsuit. So it's it falls into a little bit different category than you know, perhaps the, well, then definitely the, the hog farming one. Um, but both have huge reverberations and, and could have huge, um, you know, effects on what happens going forward in agriculture. Right. right. I mean, the nuisance was, yeah, specifically for the hog farmers, not yeah. speaking about the roundup one. Not. Yeah. So let's, let's break them down. Cause there's, I mean, there's a couple big things that have been going on um, or a big determinations and, and they could have long lasting impacts. 
Let's talk about the hog one first, Karen. Fill us in on on that because it wasn't the first decision of its kind. Um, Correct. This one Carolina. that we just heard about in earlier this month was technically the third one, and I believe there are still two more to come that were levied specifically against Smithfield Foods and their um their hog portion of it, which is Murphy Brown in North Carolina. Um, the interesting thing is uh, some of these people have lived next to these hog the hog farms were here first in a lot of the cases the people moved in after that and have been there over a decade but didn't have any issues until 2014 and it has to do with the fact that it's a legal strategy by a team of lawyers that they started in 2014 just to get all these people to start suing smithfield so that they could get some compensation too which makes it even worse in my opinion these are they appear to be lawyer driven and not actual you know people being harmed so so you're saying that there are lawyers out there that would perhaps create an issue and tell people that there is an issue in order to generate income i am shocked. apparently hog buildings are the new ambulance so right that's my and syngenta lawsuits like that's that's genius that's that's i mean that's true right yeah well i mean and so that's that's where the roundup story and we'll kind of go back and forth but where it has such huge implications as well because now um if you turn on the tv after the decision in california uh there's advertisements have you been harmed have you been have you used roundup and you or a loved one you know, have cancer and it's basically like the new mesothelioma, right? If we've been around asbestos. Um, and so it, that's, that's, that's another issue. Um, because lawyers do see these things as a way to generate income. If it worked in North Carolina, what keeps it from working in, in Michigan at the very least, right. Are, you know, a lot of them, I guess they say, unless you get an award, they don't necessarily, uh, charge but they're probably making some sort of money i would imagine out of out of something no matter what here but um so tell us about the deter so what was it was it a group of homeowners then the 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 lawyers came together in north carolina with a group yeah, of homeowners been, right in and, different cases yeah this one i believe there were six people that were involved the last one was one couple um which was interesting because in that lawsuit they made a point to say that they sued smithfield and not their actual neighbors so in this case it's the corporate company not the individual farmer who's being sued however that could always change the other thing i found interesting was they're citing that the reason they're suing it isn't necessarily because of the um odor or whatnot they're suing because of the use of anaerobic lagoons um, and then just spraying it onto the fields nearby. So they're actually supposedly trying to push Smithfield Murphy Brown to change their manure management practices. So what would they be? What do they want? I mean, how do you manage? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Those lagoons smell when they flip and when they're unloading them and all of that, it's disgusting. I'm not, I'm not going to lie in that sense, but it's hog shit. So it's not like I expect it to smell like flowers. You know what I mean? And when we lived in Iowa, we lived in between, there were four hog sites 
around us, you know, one to the West, one to the East, one to the North and one to the South. So you, but I would say out of the 365 days a year, uh, you would smell them five. You know what I mean? Maybe 10. And there were certain days where you're like, woo, you know, the hog pit's really smelling today, but that would usually be if they were unloading. Otherwise you never really smelled it. What are they wanting them to change with manure practices? Did they say? Well, they have said that, you know, the damages aren't, it's not a constant issue and that it comes and goes, but Basically, they're kind of taking the environmental stance that they should be using newer technologies that eliminate the ammonia emissions, the odors, and reduce the risk of discharge to groundwaters that exist with lagoons. Okay. So apparently there is, and Jen can probably attest to this better, there is newer technology. However, it would cost like an exceeding amount per farm to change it from the old lagoon style. Yeah, we don't, we don't have a lagoon. Um, so I, I don't, I can't talk a lot about lagoons. I, so are they actually, I mean, a lot of them do spray on top of the ground. We inject all ours. Um, see, that's what I was, I mean, that's, that kind of took me by surprise too, because all my growers in Iowa and all that, they all inject. So Um, I'm not sure why North Carolina doesn't do that or if they just don't have the capability. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just, they never had to change that technology. I don't know. Maybe it's just simply because of the fact that, yeah, they just don't have, I don't know. Maybe they've never had to. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I would be a little, I'm going to be completely honest. I think I'd be a little bothered if I knew someone was like spraying liquid hog shit. But at the same time, I guess it never phases me to see them spread cow shit. Yeah. And that, and and that was, that was the, the way it was done. I mean, when they went through that building boom in North Carolina, that was those lagoons and, and spraying that, um, so I don't, I don't know what, I don't know how you build a lagoon or what would be different today than, than when they built those farms back then. So do you just have a pit underneath yours? We don't have a lagoon. All of our hog barns have pits underneath and we pump those out and uh, inject it in the ground with manure spreader. So when so were, that- when were your buildings built? Oh gosh. Um, the last one we built was in 96. Uh, Okay, because they said all of these were the big boom of the 90s, so I'm just curious right. why they adapted this technology and not the same one that you did. Well, um, yeah. I mean, as a mom, an open lagoon scares the crap out of me. Right. But <laughs> but um, we don't have, like I said, we use the pits. Now, um, a lot of those, I- I'm kind of talking off the cuff here. I'm not sure that I'm right. A lot of lagoons are for the bigger farms that can't spread constantly. Like our pits are big enough for the amount of hogs we raise and we can empty those pits twice a year. Um, a lot of times lagoons are holding areas besides pits as well. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. The one that we were by in Iowa, it was almost like the size of a giant, it was like a harvest store almost (laughs) like it was a big, so it wasn't an open pit that, you know, like a lagoon, like on a dairy farm or something like that. You see, this was like, you have to climb up into it. And I can imagine maybe there's some safety that is involved with having the lagoon too, because we just lost two farmers in Iowa, just, you know, up the road from us over by Whittemore, a father and a son passed away because they were down trying to fix the pit and the methane Oh yeah, overtook them. Oh my God. And so I yes. think there's some danger associated with that side um, too, because it's the, the dad passed out i think and the son went in to get him and and he passed out as well and 
um they the two of them passed away and then the other brother was able to call and get help but it was too late by that point so i think there might be some you know association of safety with the lagoons but that again i'm i'm speaking completely uh, i'm i'm talking like one of the city folk that you know would sue smithfield because i have no freaking clue but um you know so i can understand I, I think that has a lot to do with our it goes back to talking about our our image right in agriculture and what we're projecting or what it looks like to the the consumer um and i think we assume or associate or know that there's reasons you know perhaps maybe they are safe or maybe they're not i don't know and i should know right i mean if 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 it comes to educating the consumer which i'm a, a consumer um you know are they a safer um resource when it comes to just, storage because obviously yeah i just found know, it interesting that you know instead of talking about the odor and what you'd expect them to be upset about they you know switched it all to the environmental side which was smart on yeah. the lawyer's part but it was smart on the lawyer's part um that's probably the only place they could find a nuisance suit too i mean mm-hmm. yeah or you know come close to that um, yeah, well, they said that North, yeah, probably. North Carolina has more has is the second largest hog producing state behind Iowa. So, yep. um, yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens or if this catches on. Obviously, the, the national news is carrying it. So more people are going to hear about it, but hopefully it doesn't spread now. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting because the I'm not sure which one this is. Um the Joey Carpenter case is that? He do you is, know which he one that the is? The second one. Oh wait, no. The second one. I'm sorry. The um. Hold on. I saw his name. There was a big article about how, um, of course, it was by North Carolina Pork, so you gotta you know take into account who's. But but they're saying that no reporters were even in the courtroom during any of the court hearing. They just report on things they've heard come out of it none of them listen to anything <laughs> that's interesting yeah yeah um it says the associated press has briefly appeared but no ap reporter has been present for the full examination of even a single witness say, say that again so that uh the associated press so mm-hmm. so the associated press is is writing on this and talking about it to the public but they have not they have n- not sat in the courtroom for any length of time to know. So they were just looking for the on. clickbait and what okay. could outrage people and what they would read. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, totally. Which is, I mean, I think that's really just what journalism is anymore. Right. I think that seems to be, and it, I mean, when you're, when it's dying and you need people to come to your website, I mean, we see it in agriculture even where it's like, well, that article was simply just to get me to, to click on that. But when it comes to food production, it creates such a, it enhances fear, right? I it's mean, emotional. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's, it's flat it's out Joey emotional. Carter All that, of it is. Um, was the farmer. And basically, yeah. So even though right. he wasn't sued directly, if Smithfield Murphy Brown, you know, has to pay out this large sum or has to change the practices on this farm that he has, then he, you know, if they move out of North Carolina, then yeah, this farmer himself could stand to lose everything too. 
Oh, no, yeah. They may not be suing the farmers, right. but the farmers are directly affected. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you can you can say you're suing a corporation, but it trickles down. Yeah, and they said there's even there's more than yeah, 500 other people who have cases farmer. right now. Yes. In North Carolina? Yeah. Holy cow. Lawsuits filed by Is some it- 500 residents against Murphy Brown Smithfield Foods are focused on the pork industry focused on the anaerobic lagoons so yeah just it appears to be well if it's not completely north carolina it's at least murphy brown smithfield yeah that's so so is it is it because of i mean the 500 cases Um, it's not 500 cases it's 500 people so some of these have banded together oh okay okay all right um the other interesting part is you know smithfield food is no longer owned in the u.s it's owned by chinese wh group so good luck getting money out of them right (laughs) i think that i think the interesting thing one of the interesting things about this is is that um we're no longer just fighting vegans or people who are opposed to raising livestock these are people who are grilling pork chops on labor day weekend yeah um we're we're it you're you're cutting it awful close to home there. I mean, these are people who want their pork chops for their family get-togethers, and they want their bacon in the morning, but they don't want it in their backyard. They want it in somebody else's backyard. And that's the struggle because, you know, and that's when people are, oh, we have to educate the consumer, blah, blah, blah. But they also want it to be local. Yeah, but yeah. How- yeah, they want it local, but they don't want to smell it. They don't want it in their backyard. They don't want it next to them, but and you better them- have cheap bacon. yeah. For Saturday morning. Well, and let's call a spade a spade. We talk about educating the consumer, but I'm going to tell you what, a lot of them don't want to be educated. They've already formed their opinions and they don't want to spend the time having to learn anything else. Well, and I don't necessarily want to blame this on consumers. On this specifically, I think the lawyers need to be blamed just because these were built in the 90s. Um, People came in and moved in after that and the lawsuits didn't start getting filed until 2014. And that's I because agree. some lawyer saw dollar signs. So yeah, I agree. I don't totally necessarily want to make this a consumer thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No, so, I. Yeah, I feel bad for the hog farmers that you know have to wonder what's going to happen to them in North Carolina, well, or well, Iowa, or anywhere else. Yeah, and part of the problem is is that people are now doing these jobs that they no longer have to do. Yeah. And so they've become. You know, I don't want to pick in my backyard so I can have a pork burger. Exactly. No chance. They've become become isolated. They've been able to do further their careers and things that they enjoy or that they want to do for their family. Yeah. But but food is emotional and where it comes from is emotional. Well, I'd be a vegan if I had to grow all my own food. Sorry. (laughs) It would be literally if you stop and think about it. It was a full-time job for people. Yeah. Um, someone in the household, it was a full-time job for. Whether you had a you know, a garden, you also had to can that stuff. You had to prepare for the entire winter. I mean, you didn't have two income families back then because you they're just you couldn't. Someone had to take care of the household and the food and you know, getting prepared for winter. Yeah. Chris's Chris's big thing is is always Nature wants all of this back. Everything that we think we've conquered, nature wants back. She's oh, yeah. a bitch. Yeah. Um, she doesn't 
give two shits about us. Yeah. And if we aren't constantly working forward in technology, we're going to be back to where we were. That reminds me of that show, like, After Humans that was on. Oh, yeah. That's creepy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's where, like, if the human race were gone, it would take, like, five years for blah, blah, blah. And Which I saw at my rental house because the people that lived here didn't do jack shit with outside. And, like, you move in and there was literal nightshade. It was nightshade. Like, it's poisonous. And they had a toddler. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Growing in like my rock garden right off the front of the house. I was like, let's let's, let's right to now, go on the, the more important topic though. Did they really honestly have goats in your basement? Yeah, there was a goat that lived in my basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently if you say something like, just treat it like you would if it were yours and they're really rednecky, they'll put a goat in your freaking basement. So that was fun. Yeah. That's been, Oh my God. That'll be a story for another day of, this house once I came back into it but but no I mean that's the thing is is people have of course they have an emotional connection with their food and their food production because the last thing you want to do is is give your family I mean you don't want to ingest it for sure but after you know being a mom and stuff like that like I'd stab someone in the neck if I knew they were purposely doing something to produce food that wasn't of the highest quality for my child. You know what I mean? Like I'm trusting you and and I, I do trust you, but don't screw that up. Right. You know? Well, and the thing is, is that I tell people all the time, I don't grow special food for my family. I go to freaking Walmart and McDonald's as well. Yeah. I mean, everything I'm putting out there is what I'm bringing back home for my family. I trust our food supply, Um, but a lot of people don't, you know, and... and and They don't, but I think we need to think about perceived risk. I mean, what, when we're, when we're doing these things, there's risk to everything we do. Yeah. I mean, your cell phone can I wonder of all those people who think our food is not safe if they've ever been to another country, because I'm telling you, after walking through an open market in Ukraine, I, uh, yeah, I will not... Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Vietnam. Yeah. Oh my God. I watched a little kid. I watched a little kid poop in between two tables of food in in an open market every day. And the mom just walked away. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) I saw pictures on Facebook. No, but I mean, seriously, if you Um, walk through a place where people in other countries have to buy their food, you would not think that ours is all that bad. Yeah. No, you, you would definitely uh, feel a little bit better. And, and so that's my struggle right now, you know, with these sort of lawsuits is that it is giving people the idea, basically, um, or get, putting across the, the notion that um, our food is unsafe. And so that's where, you know, that leads us to the Roundup lawsuit, right? Um because there was great celebration on social media of people that have no clue how anything is produced about this roundup lawsuit. You know what I mean? And- well, I think, I mean, I think this was emotional though. I mean, let's talk about the guy who, um, who filed the yeah. lawsuit. Obviously we feel horrible for him because um, his name is Dwayne Johnson uh, because he obviously has a terminal illness and yeah. you know, he doesn't have long to live, which totally sucks yeah but um but on top of this right after this came in that's when the environmental working group put out all the reports about how much roundup there was in your kid's cereal yes 
So they were trying to capitalize on this guy too. Mm-hmm. So, but let's just talk about this lawsuit. So Monsanto, which is now Bayer, was ordered to pay two hundred eighty-nine million, um, which obviously we know they're going to fight. But um, and it's probably the lawsuit will probably outlive the Mr. Johnson. But he basically um, has non is it non Hodgkins non Hodgkins yeah non Hodgkins lymphoma. And he is attributing it back to the fact that he was on the like uh, groundskeeper for a school district, and he for said two years for two years, and then he um, sprayed up to thirty times per year. He admits that he did not always have the proper gear on, um, and there were accidents where he ended up soaked. Um, you know what? I don't know if the nozzle went up bad or something but anyway he admits where um you know accidents also happen it wasn't just spraying everything precisely so how do you get soaked in roundup well i would assume uh, it chris malfunctioned been, chris has been soaked yeah in yeah. yeah i mean i have yeah. too so it's just yeah um loading the sprayer yeah. but now that's on you know obviously a a bigger level, but it does. Yeah. Happen. But if I'm you not, were, I mean, you know, trying to clean out a hand sprayer or something and you accidentally tipped it, I mean, you could, yeah. So the thing with this is that, so Roundup was deemed as a potential probable carcinogen in humans by the, I, the international agency for research and cancer, which is part of the world health organization. And yeah. so it was deemed as a, it was a hazard risk. It wasn't a, a risk analysis. And so basically they're just saying that, you know, a big enough dose and it actually maybe could cause cancer. It doesn't say that it actually does. So wasn't that the study though, that, kind of it's not a study okay was it the reason wasn't there a research didn't the who come out when they were able to determine that roundup was a probable carcinogen wasn't there a lot of questions surrounding the research they they only asked the question whether the chemical of concern can under some conditions no matter how unusual that condition may be might cause cancer. It does not address whether there's a cancer risk under conditions to which humans may be reasonably exposed. Now, so that is the IARC of the World Health Organization. Now, actual regulatory agencies like the US EPA, the European Food Safety Association, and Canada's Pesticide Regulatory Agency focus on risk, not hazard. And all of those agencies have all concluded that glyphosate does not pose a cancer risk to humans. Yeah. This this chart I have that talks about acute toxicity ranks uh, glyphosate um, in the same category as water, sucrose, monosodium glutamate, ethanol, and alumin, aluminum. Right, and this IARC also says probable carcinogens include red meat, wood fires, emissions from frying foods, shift work, and drinking beverages that are hotter than 65 degrees Celsius. So... <laughs> Shift work, yeah, like or, the Kenny Chesney song. Yeah, you know, like changing between night and day. Being... Wow. So, oh, you know, I think the thing is, is when you get like uh, cancer or anything like that, you're always looking for something to well, blame. You're I mean, for why would it? Yeah. You know, a cause, something to make sense of it. And quite honestly, 
Not well, and that was sense. part of this. They it's, said, you know, lot um, non-Hodgkin's is caused by several factors, and you could never actually determine that one factor was the cause of it. So, but it's still sad for him. I mean, obviously. But oh, I think that obvious. I mean, yeah, it says I'm kind of yeah. I kind of question exactly what he was all spraying. I did look up the actual label for the product he was using. And it's actually the old formulation of Roundup. It was a um, isopropyl amine salt with three pounds per AE per gallon, which all of our current formulations that growers are using, um, I suppose some of them could be using that in generic form, but most of them are using a, a, a four a pound or even a five pound AE. So, you know, just if, it, to me, if somebody was going to get cancer from Roundup, it would have been a farmer first. But this guy says he sprayed... Yeah. Hundreds of gallons of herbicide every week. So that can't be right. Well, first of all, it's Roundup. He must be killing vegetation everywhere. That can't be right. I mean, Um, but I I assume that that has to include the water. Right. Because you would only spray so many ounces of Roundup. But if you put it in a 10 gallon sprayer or a 100 gallon sprayer, then. So I'm assuming that some of that is also water. Right. I think that's another thing that, that we say, oh, we're spraying chemicals, or people say, oh, that farmer's spraying chemicals. I don't think they understand the concept of the majority, like 95% of yeah. that gallons of spray is water. Right. I just find it interesting that out of anything that people could go after, they go after Roundup and not something like an insecticide or something well, else that you know I would because- actually deem more harmful to myself. Now, because I don't, I can. Do you think a consumer could name five herbicides? No, pesticides, insecticides. I, anything? I could, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, you're well, right. you could, but, but your average consumer couldn't. Yeah. Um, but you can buy more than Roundup at a black store. And Roundup. I mean, you can buy a 240 right. and Dicamba, and um, you know, you can buy all kinds of different insecticides. Granted, they're in lower concentration, but. Um, I think that I think you go back to a lot of like social media, I mean, and and Monsanto's desire to have their name known. I mean, they made that a household name. Yeah. Roundup. Yeah. I mean, th- yeah. Oh, yeah. They made Roundup and, and they can do whatever they want, but they kind of put a target on their back. Well, I wouldn't that, say if you it's, ask me it's not just the personally. fact that they made Roundup. I mean, I think that we all know that the PR and marketing aspects of that general company didn't sit well with many non-farmers and farmers alike. So I guess personally, well, we've talked about personally, my fingers are crossed that Bayer Mm -hmm. is going to go in a different direction and uh, be a little bit more upstanding, but I guess we'll, we have yet to find that out. But I mean, Bayer is the one who's going to end up having to pay whatever settlement comes out of this. That's right. But I mean, by making Roundup, a household name. They, they it was a target on their back. Well, and if, if you, you go to the me. store yeah. and you try and buy Roundup, I mean, it's Roundup that kills everything. Roundup that you know is safe for your grass. Roundup. So Roundup is a brand, like you right. know, Kleenex. Um, but yeah. you know, people associate it with everything. Yeah. No, I just i I know that you know there were two very different reactions. Well, three, because I guess no reaction is a reaction, but um, just like no position, the position. <laughs> but uh, um, there was the the farmer or the agriculture aspect of 
you know, okay, you're, you're allowing yourself to, to, uh, you know, be fed by emotion and this is a stupid frivolous lawsuit and blah, blah, blah. And then there was the, you know, thank God, or it's about time or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like no real in study, no real idea as to what actually, you know, Roundup even is. They just know that it's a Monsanto chemical or herbicide or what, you know what I mean? Like they, well, and you have to understand the jury only can take, is only supposed to take into account what they're presented. And we all know that there are both sides in whatever, there are studies for whatever you want to say about Roundup. And if you cherry pick from either side, you know, and we can't really expect, you know, the, the jury was not making a scientific determination. They were making a determination based on what they were presented. And I know that the judge was pretty harsh on the prosecution um, from what was said. But yeah, so it's important to know that they were making a judgment based on what they saw and they weren't, you know, they're not qualified to make a scientific judgment and a courtroom is not where science is, you know, supposed to be determined. So, you know, we were putting a lot on the lay jury to make a scientific determination but obviously if that man is sitting there in that court in front of you yeah it would make it a lot harder i mean i don't know it would just you know emotion trump science basically yeah in this instance and and you know that's that's the struggle that we have right now in agriculture is that emotion is trumping a lot of things it's tr- trumping common sense it's trumping science it's trump you know and there was someone it's calvin vogel i think from iowa I've met him through one of the, he farms, you know, near Waterloo and in his bio on Twitter, I think it's him. Uh, it says my rights don't end where your feelings begin. But yeah, I think I like that. that's our struggle right now. And th- yeah, it stuck with me. I'm like, I'm not a, a stalker. I swear. It's just kind of one of those things that I read and I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Cause it's true. You know what I mean? And, and I think nowadays we have this idea that, um, and that was the conversation that came up with the North Carolina lawsuit too is, okay, so where are my rights? You know, does your right to farm trump my right to live, you know, peacefully or whatever it may be, depending on, um, you know, whatever the, the uh, person is saying or whatever their, their, their problem is with the, the side of food production that they had. And, and, you know, so it's, it's really kind of an issue that we have right now. And, and part of it is, I think, you know, it all goes back to, self-esteem education in elementary school you know what i mean like you have this idea that your feelings and and your rights trump or or trump everything in a lot of ways i mean it seems to be the kind of the the idea in society nowadays and and i think uh, think the entitlement it's all about me entitlement i think the biggest issue to me is when these people move in after these farms are established and then they want to complain to me that's like dude you didn't do too much research because you can't move into uh, like around here ground is zoned agricultural goes back to the lawyers because these people had lived together you know some of them 20 some years without an issue until the lawyer brought up the lawsuit and then they jumped on um the other thing i wanted to say about the monsanto lawsuit was basically monsanto had to prove that Mr. Johnson's lymphoma was not caused by glyphosate. Oh, wow. Which, you know, was possible to begin with. So, right. Yeah. How do you even prove you? Yeah. And so, 
I mean, they were expected to do something that was you know, they they couldn't do, no matter how hard they tried. Really, I mean, right. And then, how do you not look like an asshole if you're standing up there trying to point out every single thing someone's done that could have caused cancer? Which you know, what okay. I mean? So, how did it get this far? Yeah, I mean, the people that that have lived in unity or harmony or whatever with these, and then freak out. The one I feel bad about is. Um, so in Iowa, the Prestige, they wanted to put a plant, a hog plant in, um, Prestige did, which is, it's not Prestige, which I thought kind of like stepbrothers, but it's not, it's Prestige. And anyway, uh, Mason city said no. Well, Eagle Grove said, sure, come on in. And so they're building this huge, um, plant and there's like one house that sits directly across from it. And I'm like, oh, I bet they wish they would have sold like the day before the plant was announced because no kidding, you know, so like for someone like that, I do have a little bit, I do feel bad for them because yeah, you know, they, and I don't know what they would do. I mean, it's not like it's a pristine house, but still, you know what I mean? It's, it's a home. It's somebody's home. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I can't imagine, you know, it's basically like where I live now, where you're kind of on a, a main road, it's on Highway 17 or whatever, so it's not like you're used to it being completely quiet, but across the road's a field, next to you is a field, beside you is a field, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, one day you wake up and across the road is a construction site and a field or a, a plant that's going on an 80 acre parcel that was corn. You know. They're trying to build an ethanol plant over one county over and people are protesting it right and left. But no one ever protests the warehouses that are going up like wildfire around here. Yeah, that's weird. Um, it, it's really kind of weird. Um, and, and I get that maybe an ethanol plant produces smells that I don't know a warehouse doesn't. But you got that semi-traffic coming and going. No matter and what. yeah. No matter what. And, you know, people are just up in arms about this ethanol plant. And I'm like, dude, we're trying to be, you know, not rely on other countries as much and, and use the products that we have. And you people are just putting that down. I don't know. They want cheap gas, but they don't want, again, they don't want it in their backyard. Yeah. Well, but they've been fed that ethanol is bad for their cars by the oil industry. Yeah. So... You know. well, what else is the oil industry gonna say? I mean, well, exactly, I mean, honestly, but, I mean, it's, it's but they're very it's, loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, um, as is my daughter who's just, now yelling. Right. Yeah. I just, I just think that you know we're gonna need to learn what's important, and the more people we have, the closer we are gonna be to agriculture or to, you know. Um, factories, everything like that. Well, there's just and then, we're running out of room. So it goes. I mean, there's two things that I think we have to do in this instance, or that we have to be aware of. the The first is, yeah, that's that's very true. We are running out of room because we have um, we have urban sprawl for one. I mean, that's a oh, a huge do problem. We have urban sprawl. Um, And so we are running out of room because the areas that used to be farm ground or, you know, isolated country areas are now um, full of subdivisions and new homes and and things of that nature. And and we're encroaching on on each other's space. So there's there's that. You know what I mean? And and to be the contrarian. Yes. Wouldn't less production mean higher prices? It is true. (laughs) And, And 
Yeah, it is true. I mean, and I think people are going to have to realize that. I mean, we can, you can move out here and have your five acre lot that you want to mow every weekend. That's great. That's your prerogative. But you have to understand that we're get, there's a give and take system. Yeah. And I don't think people like that. It goes back to the emotion trumping everything else. Like common sense tells you there's a give and take system. Uh, My rights being more than your rights tells you that everything I want, I get, you know what I mean? Oh, wait, are we talking about Dicamba again? I'm sorry. (laughs) My rights (laughs) trump your rights, but, but no, I mean, that's, and so there's a a whole host of things. And, and so in agriculture, you know, it's almost two pronged. First of all, we've got to make sure we're respectful neighbors. Like just because you know what you're doing when it comes to, to producing whatever it may be, or, you know, you have it, you think, you know, or you, you know that you're safe or whatever. that doesn't mean that your neighbor does. So do you have to go out of your way to kind of hold their hand? No, but go out of your way to be uh, a good neighbor. Yeah. A good person. Yeah. Think about it. If it were your family, you know, yeah. what would you want to know? You have to think was... about not knowing anything about production agriculture and what you would hope to know if you didn't, you know, I guess. I don't well, know. and I was talking to some farmers the other day who aren't all over social media and they're like, you know, it's hard when your neighbor comes up to you and asks you, you know, is Roundup okay or is yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, if they're coming up to you, he's like, it's hard to answer them because you feel like you're second guessing yourself sometimes because you get so much bad media. I'm like, if they're coming up to you and asking, they, they're truthfully wanting to know the truth and you need to be yeah. positive about what you're doing. They're looking to you as the expert. Yeah. And, and if they're asking you and not on social media, they're asking you in person, then they genuinely want to know. Yeah. And they're, they're reaching out to talk to a farmer. Which, so you need to at least be able to baseline, educate yourself yeah. and be prepared to, to handle those questions. I think, well, you know, be honest, so, yeah. why do you use Roundup? Well, because right. it kills the weeds that yeah. I need it to. It's safer for me as an applicator. You know, it mm-hmm. cost is cost yeah. effective. I mean, for some, I had one grower who asked uh, at our meeting last week, if he could get in, in on, if he could get in, in on Sue Monsanto too, because it was harming him because it was no longer controlling the weeds that it used to. So, <laughs> exactly so but i mean bad. be honest why do you choose roundup this is why i choose yeah. it you know I, yeah you know, and, and, the roundup you know, thing is full hey, course but you know i think the fact that the court tried to uh rule that to take clopyrifos off the market is going to be a much bigger deal to agriculture than well and we're still waiting to see what the epa is going to do with dicamba too right but clopyrifos right? is used on all kinds of products yeah, I have no idea what it is. It's an insecticide that's used <laughs> not just in corn and soybeans across many crops. Okay. Um, and they were they've been trying to uh, Obama had rule made a rule, his EPA had made a rule and was looking back into it. And then Trump said, oh, yeah. No, we're not gonna look into that anymore. And then somebody sued in the courts and a judge said that needs to come off the market. So now the EPA has to figure out and respond you know is there gonna are they gonna fight this back is do, does the court have this authority to do this um or is there gonna be a stop yeah. sale if so i mean there's just a whole lot of factors but you know roundups in the news but personally 
for farmers, the clopyrifos is, is a much bigger deal right now. Well, that was the one, that's the one right now that everyone's using that is, you know, anti-Trump and, and anti-agriculture to a certain extent. That's the one that they're pointing out that the administration, the EPA, you know, because the Obama administration had brought it into question or whatever. And now with the Trump administration saying, no, it's fine or whatever. Well, part of That's it, why everyone. Right. So it's been on the market for decades. But part of the problem yeah. is now um, there's something called, you know, there's studies that we do on rats or mice. And then there's like studies that you can do that um, an ep- what's called an epidemiology study, which, um, you know, studies, you know, people who've been affected and whatnot. And so they're saying that we need to be looking more at those epidemiology studies and not just, you know, the studies on mice or rats. And so that's kind of coming yeah. into question, you know, exactly all of the research the EPA does look at. So at a regulatory status, it's also taking into question, you know, some of the procedure. So, but it'll be interesting, yeah. but, you know, losing clopyrifos, ooh, ouch, that would be major. But see, again, that's, that's a, a chemical that your average consumer, even a lawyer doesn't, hasn't picked up on yet, can't name because it doesn't have that yeah. brand recognition well somebody's obviously going after it because it's in the courts so the miter mental groups have picked up on it somewhere but maybe they just have that's because there's articles out right now that i've seen the reason they picked up on it is because they're politicizing the trump epa oh i see what you're saying right so it was an obama versus trump EPA. yeah 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 and so that's where what i have seen you know, is, is that, you know, that everyone's up in arms because the Obama administration had said, no, we're not a fan of this. We're going to take a look at it, you know, the EPA under Obama. Mm-hmm. And then the new EPA came in and said, it's fine. And so that's well, and what it didn't help that it was Pruitt. It was Pruitt that said, oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And, you know, yeah. obviously his closet is not clean. So. No, and, you know, for all we know, he probably received money from the, 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 the people. Whatever yeah. you just said, whatever the chemical is. Oh, well, so. I'm sure he received money from a lot of people. So yeah, but uh, but, but no, you know, I mean, but not a Chick Fil A restaurant. So yeah, yeah, I want Chick Fil A now. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, the thing is, is that um, we're going to be under more scrutiny. So we yeah, have to decide how we're going to react to these things. And you can't just be nonchalant about it and lackadaisical and be like, oh, well, you know, the government will take care of us. They'll they'll figure it out what needs well, to not happen. Only that, I mean, you can't rail against this guy who just got awarded this lawsuit, you know, for his cancer. I mean, the guy has cancer. Have some freaking yeah. empathy. Stop being an yeah. asshole. Yeah, don't be a prick about it, you know. And that's hard when you're kind of angry about the fact that something happened that shouldn't have happened in your mind. But there's well, There's I agree nothing. that it wasn't right, but I mean, yeah. you still have to decide how you're going to react to it. Okay. Yeah. You know, Roundup is safe. I'm not, you know, that's what I believe. That's what the studies have said. However, I can still feel horrible for this gentleman. He's yeah. dying. You can still have empathy. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And you should. I mean, seriously, as a human, you should. Well, it doesn't make you look, it doesn't, you know, really kind of help our cause if we're going to be assholes to a guy that's dying. Right. You know, it's not his fault. The jury awarded him 
a big chunk of money. Right, and um, I'm sure he was persuaded by lawyers too. However, he yeah. has a family that's going to have to be supported, and he is no longer able to do it. So I get why yeah. he would try to get something for his family. Yeah. Well, and that so I think you know to kind of wrap up what we're talking about here. I mean, I I think. You know, should there be a concern? You know, Donnery had posted about the concern that her father has. Donnery Hales, a friend of ours, um, her dad is a hog farmer in North Carolina, and he could not handle or withstand a lawsuit like that. Well, of it, course, you couldn't. We couldn't. I'll tell you right now. No. Well, and the state has has done has capped some damages, but still, I mean, yeah, that's still a lot even with of money. Cap, yeah, even with a cap, yeah. I'd be broke. Um, Donnery's tweet was, uh, when your dad, a hog farmer, says in dismay, what am I supposed to do if somebody sues me? Nothing. There's nothing I can do. Look at all these other hog farmers. Uh, every farmer yeah. of every kind has a reason to be concerned about their right to farm late. Yeah. And I, in the right to farm the way that we, we feel deem appropriate for our land. Be, and, and, so, and our business, because let's be real, yeah. this is emotional, but this is my income. I mean, this is, yeah. you, you know, you, everybody has a job to support their family. And while farming yeah. is emotional, this is my income. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, and that's. So, I mean, we just have to be aware of, of what's going on. I think we have to continue to work to, and I hate to say this this way because obviously it's like the most generic advocate statement that we could, I could make, but <laughs> we got to continue to work to educate the public. Right. I mean, but not in the way, you know, obviously what we're doing to a certain extent is not working. Um, I think but we I think need to just because, keep talking. I, I, yeah. I, I've said before the whole educate the public. A lot of people may not care where their food comes from or exactly how it's raised. A lot of people want cheap, affordable food um, available when they need it. Yes. And that's what we've provided so that they yes. don't have to worry about that. But if you have questions, come to me and ask. I, if I can't answer yes. it, somebody can and I'll find you that person. Um, yeah. I don't feel the need to stand on a soapbox and educate people, but my God, if you have questions, ask. I mean, yeah. there's no such thing as a stupid question. Maybe. For the most part. For the most part. Um, just right? one more thing yeah. on this law that North so, Carolina passed. So it strictly caps payments in such lawsuits, and the new measure would prohibit a plaintiff from obtaining punitive damages in a court unless a farm was implicated in criminal convictions or government enforcement actions. So, you know, if if you get in trouble with the DNR because your I mean, are we gonna start pit is leaking where it's not supposed to be, then you could be sued and have damages. Right. That's a criminal act. So, right. That's a criminal I mean, act. But I wonder if, if that means if you're um, end up hiring illegal. Interesting. You know? Makes it too. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there's still a lot of questions there. Oh, yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of questions. And are we going to have these in every state? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I it's concerning, that's for sure. You know, um, it's it's something that we have to be aware of. The roundup issue, the uh, nuisance farming issue. I mean, what stops someone from you know saying that three times a year it gets really dusty and you have to close your windows? Oh, boohoo! Yeah. You know. Well, I had a friend who asked me the other day. She asked me because she, as a as a resource. 
And she said, my daughter goes on an inhaler twice a year. And she attributed them once at harvest and once when she knew that they were spraying. Yeah. Um, and so she thought that whatever it was that they were spraying was what was causing her to need her inhaler. Okay. Um, so, I mean, and that was just, you know, in her mind, those were the, that was the correlation that she drew. And so then we talked about it. Um, and I told her, well, you know, let me know exactly when she's using the inhaler, because I suspect that maybe it's a weed yeah. that is either pollinating or blooming. And then it also comes into effect when it's harvested and those weeds are broken up again. Yeah. It's back up in the air. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know that, but I mean, that was what but I told her she could tell to me. Yeah. yeah. Right. If she could tell me exactly when, then maybe I could help her figure out what it was. Yeah. I'm not saying I can, but maybe, you know, if it's something prevalent like ragweed or something, maybe we can figure it out. But, but in her mind, that was the correlation that she drew. Right. And, and we spray for those weeds that are pollinating. So, you know, yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be the chemical. It could be the atmosphere and the the weed itself. Yeah. The weed itself. Right. Which was what I was trying to get at, but that's not something that would have occurred to her as someone who lives in the city yeah right well and not a city but you know a smaller small city yeah where you guys are a small city surrounded by fields or whatever so yeah no i mean and that's i guess that's that's where we're at in this whole entire thing is it's it's only gonna get worse because a there's gonna be more lawyers there's a new lawyer born like every day um you know more people are trying to get into you know we're really pushing the boundaries of where the country and the city meet in a lot of ways, in a lot of places. Um, so that, that continues to be an issue. And then you get the, the misinformation that spreads so rapidly via social media for a lot of people, you know, um, you know, you just have this, this fight. It's a never ending fight really. And it doesn't need to be like a fight, you know, in the, the, well, let's get ready for battle and and arm ourselves, you know, from a negative standpoint, we just got to be able to answer questions and be willing to, to um, explain. But even then, we can't get defensive. Yeah. I mean, we just can't, it just, it's, that just makes you look worse. Uh, And even then though, you know, really when it comes down to it, we're still going to be dealing with it. So it's, it's time to, to really be able to, you know, kind of take a look at some of the tools that you use and the ways that you can improve your production too. Cause even though you think it's, it's perfect, there's someone out there that's going to tell you it's not, you know, and. Well, and I think importantly, make sure you keep all your records and that you yeah. dot all your I's and cross all your T's because that's going to become more and more important. Yep. Yeah. So anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up this week? No, I'm good. Glad to be back. Sue me. Yeah. Glad to be. Yeah. We should be yeah. more consistent now. You're gone next week, right, Karen? So we're, we'll have to come up with other plans. Your, is it your last travel week of the year? Yep, I am going winter. up to North Dakota for Peterson Farm Seeds annual um, field day. So. Ooh, fun. Have a good yep. time. I'm in Michigan. I'm not going anywhere ever again. <laughs> ever. I'm never leaving this house. I'm going to become like what's eating Gilbert Grape's mom, and they're going to have to cut the house out around me. <laughs> Remember that? Did you ever watch it? Yeah. I she dies yeah, and they do. burn it down. I That's going to be me. So that's I'm going to go eat a donut and just strive for that goal. So, but all right, on that note, we'll wrap her up. It is good to be back. I missed you guys. 
I was sad last week. So uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another super cool topic. So we'll talk to you then.